Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 107.5 Game, Tyler Head, Chris Clark, along with you on this Thursday as Colin leaves the Herndon Chevrolet Studios after he hung out with us for the uh, Garnet Trust Hour with Miles Studio. And thank you to Miles once again for uh, giving us some of his time and uh, giving us great insight into uh, everything going on with him and uh, his transition to becoming a South Carolina Gamecock, somebody that a lot of people should be really, really excited for this season, in addition to all the other transfers, of course. Um, but Miles Studi, one of the best three-point shooters in the entire country, coming uh, out of Vanderbilt, and uh, should be a great piece to this South Carolina basketball team when the fall rolls around. Well, and that's kind of... There's several things that I think are exciting about Miles Studi. I think you can start from the aspect of like everybody else that has been brought in with this transfer class, Tyler, Stephen Clark, Talon Cooper, BJ Mack, Miles Studi, he's got a lot of experience. I I should have written down the amount of minutes and games that Colin probably created another spreadsheet for that sure. too um, and calculated it, but these guys have played a ton of basketball. And so when you look at last year's team, there were some guys that had played some basketball, right? But not a, a lot, right? Like, yeah. it was kind of a, a, a mix of some guys like Hayden Brown, who'd played a good bit in his career and transferred here. But a lot of younger guys. Yeah, Michi you know, didn't have a ton at no, Ohio no. State. Jacoby Wright. Right. Young player. Josh Gray, not a ton of experience. Like, guys who'd come in and been multi-year starters or multi-year huge factors for their teams. Well, now... 
you're bringing in this transfer class of a bunch of guys who played a whole lot of basketball. So I think that's number one. And then kind of a 1A to that, a subplot to that, subpoint would be Miles Studi also has that experience in the SEC. So he's, yeah. he's very familiar with the league in general just from a schematic standpoint against some other teams and even some of the guys that he'll be playing against now in a different uniform at South Carolina. I think that's one. The next thing is you see uh, the skill set of Miles Studi. So he's a guy, you know, who is listed at 6'7", 215, and he can rebound, he can pass, he can shoot the three, as you pointed out. Um, His sophomore season, he shot 43% from three. That was first in the league. Um, I think that dropped a little bit last season, but the point is he can he can definitely shoot the, the basketball. Then the other part that might be the most exciting for Gamecock fans is you kind of bake in those first two things to the fact that, as Miles mentioned, he was kind of playing, I don't know if you want to say out of, yeah, you could say out of position at times, but also playing in a scheme and in a way that didn't necessarily... Um, highlight what he can do. So Jerry Sackhouse has done a really good job at Vandy, and I think one of the reasons for that is he runs a lot of sets. Um, he runs a lot of really good stuff where if you're watching the game, you're going, man, it's a well-coached team, right? running a lot of half-court stuff. And and I think that helped his players. And Miles Studi spoke very highly of Jerry Sackhouse, talked about all the stuff he learned on and off the court from him. Um, that said... Playing in a more, you know, loose in a good way, um, in a more free-flowing type of offense, I think that's something where now you're going to see those things that Miles Studi can do on on the court for you, and you can kind of take that to the next level, right? More freedom to make plays, more like a little bit positionless basketball where he's going to be playing everything from the two to like a stretch four. Probably, I would think, Tyler, more three-point shots even than than what we've seen from him in the past. So I think that's pretty exciting when you bake all that in. Definitely so. And, and look, Vanderbilt wasn't a team that, that played the, the best defense in the SEC by any means. And that's something that coming to South Carolina, we know that the Gamecocks have to improve on coming off last season is getting better defensively. And look, Miles Studi, very, very athletic, has the ability, as you said, to play multiple places on the court. So uh, he's going to be a very integral part of the success of this team this year. It is. It is. I mean... And you look at, you know, so let's even take away the skill set. I mean, you, you could see here talking to Miles, like the first time I met him in person is walking here into the studio and you say, how's it going? What's been going on? And it's immediately kind of the basketball, right? Yes. You know, here's what we're doing in basketball. We're grinding, we're working hard. He has that type of mentality. And I think even that game I keep going back to that I was talking about in the Garnet Trust Hour watching South Carolina play Vandy last year. Miles didn't have a huge statistical impact on that game. He actually only scored, I think, like five points. But he grabbed a bunch of rebounds. He played defense. You could tell what type of teammate he was. And he just has that kind of winning mentality. Going to be an extremely hard worker. I think that's really valuable. And it's really a different outlook from year one to year two for Lamont Paris because now you look around and he has – some guys that are a little bit more of like an alpha type, right? Because mm-hmm. they're bringing in that experience, but they also know what it takes, you know. And I think the two main guys that you kind of stick in that category, Clark and Cooper, Stephen Clark, Talon Cooper, they're going to do some good things, I think, too. But Studi and Mac, their skill sets are definitely unique. 
definitely not something that South Carolina really had last year, yes, but also just their experience level and the type of mentality they bring, I think, Tyler, is really going to serve this team well with their leadership capabilities. Absolutely. Now, when uh, Miles left the studio a few minutes ago, I was not expecting to see somebody taller than him standing out in the little area outside of our studio. I don't know who that was, but there was somebody taller than Miles Studi like standing outside of our studio a few moments ago. Yeah, there was. Um, don't know if person has any eligibility. Uh, I think I think Jeff was out there talking to him. So maybe one of our great business partners. Because I was like, the studio I think is what's he listed six foot seven. Yes, yeah, six seven. Yeah, six seven. Like, yeah, that's going to be the tallest person I see today. It was not. No, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, not not the top. But My- Miles, let, we can say this: he's probably the best athlete you're going to see today. Definitely, especially just walking around in the studio. This For is sure, not yeah. the, the mecca. We're, of, we're not. Uh, we're not going to match that. Tommy Moody. Back in the day, Tommy Moody, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how Tommy Moody's skill set would translate to the basketball court necessarily. I was thinking he was a baseball guy. <laughs> I don't think it translates. I don't, I don't know. Too well. He could get in between people's legs and you know, kind of having that like spud web type of thing where you're you know shorter than everybody else. That could per, that could play to his advantage. You know, I, maybe, maybe. But we'll go with my. It's, it's official, Miles. Sure, be, best athlete for sure. That we'll see today, but um, he had some great stuff. I hope people, um, if you if you're just now tuning in, didn't get to hear. I know Tyler, you'll have it up on the podcast later. We'll have it up on the Gamecock Central YouTube. The replay from Miles Studio Two gave some great answers. He'd had. We're on another. We our streak has continued. Really, I, I know we we stopped measuring it. I think we started the Garnet Trust Hour whenever we started this thing. It was we're like uh, we're five for five and we're seven for seven. Now it's like we're just perfect. It's just <laughs> completely perfect. Now, now did did he throw the cornhole before he left? God, oh man, didn't get a chance. I totally forgot that. Well, we ran out of time. Yeah, That's been did. the other thing. When you have good guests, you tend to run out of time. That's true. So um, I didn't. I had more questions I was going to ask him. We had the two tier toss and the golf ball over here for him to hit into the two tier toss cornhole thing. We didn't get to do it, so bummer. But uh, we will get to see him in action later this season. Um, Colin and I were talking to Miles about the basketball schedule. Some of the games that have kind of leaked out there, of course, the full 2023-2024 basketball schedule is not yet out, but um, there are some of the games out there. So you can definitely tell that he's he's looking forward to it, man. He's uh, I think he's excited about the fresh start, enjoying himself in Columbia so far, enjoying... Um, you know, the company of his teammates. And he he had some good things to say about some of the transfers that are joining the program. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's familiar with some of them, right? BJ Max, a guy that Fandy played Wofford during both of those guys' previous stops. Um, but also some of the younger players on the team. We, we won't completely spoil that. We won't. Sure. We, some of that we mm-hmm. are not ready to put out to the public quite yet, but some some good things happening in the open gyms, apparently. Well, and he's going to be an easy guy you can turn to from that experience standpoint, and not just for those younger guys, but for BJ Mack, for Stephen Clark, these guys that are coming in from mid-major conferences who do have experience playing against SEC opponents, but Miles has the experience of doing it on a night-in, night-out basis over the course of the entire season, which is completely different than what any of those guys have experienced so far. So, yeah, a lot of people on that team are going to be leaning on him for his experience and expertise. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, again, the the number of the pure number of just minutes played really 
stands out here. And I I think despite that, despite the fact that this is a guy that's played multiple seasons of college basketball at a high level, I mean he's played he's been at, he was at Vandy for three years. He started fifty nine games total. Um, he played in ninety one games and he's played two thousand minutes. In the past couple seasons, you know, his totals were maybe more, you know, modest. This isn't like you're getting a guy, oh, you know, this guy's transferring to South Carolina and he scored 20 points a game. He was 8.5 and 8.4, respectively, in the in the past two seasons. Um, but again, you know, three-point percentage the past couple years, 43%, 36%. It's a guy that can rebound for you, guy can be versatile and guard multiple positions, play multiple positions. You've got those traits and you've got the experience, but to go back to what I said earlier, you've also got the fact that this is someone that despite being a three-year player and a two-year starter of Andy, he has not hit his ceiling. Right. Um, not only because he's just getting a fresh start and he's he's going into year four, you could say that, but also because of just the fact that he's going to be utilized differently offensively, defensively, by Lamont Paris in his first year with the program. So, uh, interested to see where it goes. Um, shoot, see, I'm, I'm interested to see all those transfers, but Miles Studi is maybe even more than B.J. Mack because, like, I, I think we know a little bit more yeah, of what B.J. Mack brings. Sure. Miles Studi, I think that'll be the biggest jump of, like, stylistically yeah, a seeing little bit different he, play. Yeah, yeah, seeing where he slots in. And, again, if you missed any of that conversation, I'll have it up for you shortly on the 107.5 The Game podcasting page big news going on this week though of course is the sec schedule for 2024 it finally got released last night we'll dive into what south carolina's looks like up next on the gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs on 107.5 the game it's the gamecock central takeover hour 107.5 the game all right let me tell you about the sub of the day at firehouse subs it may be one that you have not had yet. You probably are familiar with a lot of their staples, right? Club on a sub, hook and ladder, New York steamer, turkey bacon ranch. Those are all outstanding. But if you have not had the spicy Cajun chicken, let me recommend it to you today. And it's a great day for me to recommend it because it is the sub of the day today. Firehouse subs, Go check it out at any of the 14 participating Midlands locations. The good news about that is all of them participate. All 14 Firehouse Subs locations in the Midlands, whether it's the one right down the road from us on Main Street. You can go all the way to Orangeburg, Tyler. You can go to Camden. Anywhere you're burning the rubber on the road, there is a Firehouse Subs near you. Go in and check it out. It is the sub of the day. It's $7.99 for a medium, $5.99 for a small. That is the spicy Cajun chicken. Really, really good. Check it out if you want a new sandwich. Not a new sandwich to their menu, but probably a new sandwich to you. Spicy Cajun chicken, Firehouse Subs, any of the 14 Midlands locations. Shout out to our friend Larry Chandler for what he does at Firehouse Subs. Who is visiting Willie B in 2024, and where are the Gamecocks going to be visiting themselves that season? Talk about that next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 
presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head, on your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. South Carolina, of course, as we get deeper, you know a lot of these, right, if you've been paying attention and scoring at home. How about this? The remaining two that you haven't seen? Well, boom. Put them on the board, Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. For South Carolina, their first meeting against Ole Miss, going to be at 2009. And how about A&M at South Carolina, the game that launched the SEC Network back in 2014? Mm-hmm. That was a blowout game there back at the, uh, oh, the start of the year. Uh, yeah, that's right. But uh, how about this again, thinking in the old school perspective, you lose Georgia, you lose Florida, but you get kind of that West flavor with some of those teams that have an opportunity to play South Carolina in 24. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust, or not the Garnet Trust Hour, the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. I host a lot of shows on here. I mix the names up. Yeah, time no, time. no. This is, this is totally fine. You can make, <laughs> guess what? It's just us two in here. We can it do whatever is. we want today. That's true. Well, we can't say whatever we want. We do <laughs> still have, you know, federal reg- regulations and all that stuff. But anyways, that was uh, Peter Burns and the crew on the SEC Network last night announcing South Carolina's 2024 conference opponents. Um, they didn't really have to go that deep into that Texas A&M game from 2014, but, you know, to each their own, I guess. But we now know who the eight teams are going to be, LSU, Missouri, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M at home. And then you go on the road to Alabama, Kentucky, Oklahoma, and Vanderbilt. And I know we've made our predictions and talked about teams we wanted to see on the schedule yesterday during the show. Overall, are you satisfied with what we got last night? Um, no. No. From a South Carolina perspective? Yes, or from a South Carolina perspective. Yeah, there, there's a lot to dive into from a South Carolina perspective, B, national or regional perspective. You know, for me, Tyler, it, it's hard to see a South Carolina football schedule without Georgia on it. That's right. just the bottom line. And I think we all have probably come to grips with the reality that that game every year, in terms of it being an annual game, was probably going away. Sure. Because the when they're looking at the possibility of, you know, either adding a ninth game, which is still obviously on the table, or when they were looking at kind of the the three permanent opponent schedule, which is also still on the board. Again, for the listeners, this twenty twenty four schedule is a one year solution. Right. It it seems like there's going to be some some changes into the future and that, that could include a nine game schedule. If it does or maybe even if it doesn't, we're probably going to see some some revamps here. So I think when all that was being discussed, we all knew, hey, there's a chance that the Georgia game goes away. Remember, the three opponents, the three permanents that were being kind of bandied about were actually Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida mm-hmm. for the Gamecocks. And so knowing that, you kind of already in the back of your mind are going, okay, well, they're not going to play Georgia every year we'll, we'll we'll have to get used to this sure. but now it's it's coming soon in 2024 and so that for me i mean that's just one of those games um there's so many memories from those games it's a game that you know you're going to play yep. every single year and there's there's different feelings right sometimes south carolina has gone in and some of their best teams and you feel like they're probably going to win this game there's some years you go in and say they're probably not going to win this game, and then maybe they do, or maybe it's a close game. There have been right. some thrillers, right, some huge moments. Think about Brandon Bennett over the top. Think about 35-7 to in 2012 and the Ace Sanders punt return. <laughs> I remember. You think, you think about the, 
even the the game where South twenty nineteen South Carolina goes to Athens, right? Yep. Just pulls out a complete shocker. And even some of the games Georgia has won, if you're a South Carolina fan, they were they were great games. There there was that period of time in the two thousands after Steve Spurrier took over where like this game was always settled by like five points or less. Yeah. Both teams under twenty points, just a scrappy four quarter dog fight, it always seemed like. Yeah, there there were just some incredible games. So and you, and you can look at like the stretch run for South Carolina. Let's let's actually pull some of these games up. Uh, Tyler, do you ever look at Winsipedia? Uh yes, that's I a, do. That's a really good resource. So Georgia has obviously won three straight, right? And South Carolina needs to get more competitive, especially from what we've seen in the last two games. But South Carolina has had a three-game win streak in in this in this rivalry of their own that was in 2010 to 2012, and that's kind of right in that period you were talking about, Tyler. That 2000 um, and what year was this? It was the 2011 game yep. in Athens, 45-42. Yep, was that that game? One of the wildest, not only football games, one of the wildest sporting events. And, I have ever seen. And that was a period of time, we're kind of used to it now with more of the high-octane offenses in the SEC. That wasn't as much of a yeah. thing back then. Like, you had two SEC teams scoring in the 40s. That was very much an anomaly back then. It was. Um, and that was, of course, the that was the Melvin Ingram fake punt game. That yep. was the um, that was the Jadavion Clowney ragdoll toss um, of Aaron Murray in that game that ended up being a, another defensive score for the Gamecocks. And then Georgia comes roaring back. It was just a completely wild game. You think about what was the game? The 20, uh, was it 14? The here? Game? Yeah, the, 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 the one-inch yep. first down call where you barely get. But that's the point. Like There are so many games, and I know a lot of Gamecock, older Gamecock fans will have um, – you know, the Brandon Bennett game and a bunch of other ones, right, that, sure. that they'll kind of harken back to. It, it's a really tough pill to swallow for me, and I know others, to see that game go away. And not only from the quality of what we've seen on the field and how interesting this rivalry's been, the logistics of it. Georgia's yeah. three hours away. It's, it's a close. pretty easy trip for both fan bases to make. And, and again, you're still going to see them at least two out of every four years based on what you know, we know about the scheduling model. But knowing that I guess the closest SEC school proximity-wise is not going to be on your schedule every, every single year is weird. So South Carolina fans, Tyler, see, this is a good discussion point, and I want to get your, given your background, your, your take on this. South Carolina fans see Georgia as kind of a, like a pseudo-rivalry, some would even say rivalry. Sure. You could probably say like a secondary rival. Clemson's number one, right? But but Georgia, for all the reasons we've been discussing, they play every year. They've been in the same division. Those are going away too, but they've been in the same division. They're close. Um, do, does Georgia view it the same way? Do you think people in Athens are kind of like, man, I kind of miss, I know they see themselves as sure superior, rightfully so, um, given the overall records in the series, but do they kind of see it the same way? I think pseudo-rivalry is a good way to put it because, of course, Georgia and Florida, that's the top of the top. Auburn's right after that, which those games yeah. are going to continue next year for Georgia. But I can say this, the South Carolina game from a Georgia perspective is one that never gets overlooked 
by anybody in the Georgia fan base. They right. always say, okay, South Carolina, we play, <laughs> we play South Carolina after we play Tennessee or something like that. Ooh, that's a game where yeah. they could get us. No matter how good Georgia's doing in that season or how good they've been over the past couple of years, everybody always looks at that South Carolina game as that one game that's always going to go some kind of weird way. Because again, just given the history of the rivalry, it doesn't matter how good both teams are, what the records are, rankings are, no matter what. Both Usually it's going to be a very, very tough close game down to the end. Yeah, and, and so I think that going away, like you just think about all the memories, it's just kind of a, I think it's a bummer, probably for Georgia fans too, right? But even sure. more for South Carolina because of what it's meant, some of the moments playing that. It's a game you look oh. forward to. E- even around here, Tyler, even if you go into a season feeling like, you know, like last year, right? People didn't expect it to be that bad. But I remember the excitement about that game last year, and sure. I don't think there was any South Carolina fan that's going, yeah, we're, we're probably going to beat Georgia. Like, thought it would be a competitive game, but most people are picking Georgia. There was still a ton of excitement for it. Sure, absolutely. Um, uh, on the other side, I got a question to ask you uh, about not having Georgia on the schedule and how it relates to recruiting. And we will hit that uh, coming up next here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. If you are looking for an audio-visual expert at your home, hit up our guys at Integrated Media. Now, they can do your AV, so they can do anything from making sure that you have a great streaming signal at your home so that you can go outside, that you can go inside, upstairs, downstairs. You can stream as many devices as you want. They can ensure that that's good to go for you. They can do something as simple as mounting a television. If you don't know how, if you just don't want to mess with it, if you want to make sure it's done well, you don't want to get halfway into a project and say, oh boy, now I got a drywall problem. Now I got to call somebody. Just call our friends at Integrated Media right off the top, 803-948-8327. But they can also do so much more than that. If you want a complete smart home solution where you can control all of your devices, your security cameras, your thermostat, all of it from your smartphone. Whether or not you're home, you can be away on vacation. Do all that stuff. Smart home systems from our friends, Michael and Nathan at Integrated Media. They can do it for you. Integrated Media Inc. That's integratedmediainc.com. Or again, 803-948-8327. Smart homes, home theater, man caves, audio and visual video games, TV installation, security and cameras. They can do all of it for you. If you need some inspiration, if you can say, yeah, you know, I just, I don't really know even what I want. I just want to make my home cooler. I I just want some cool AV solutions. Go to their Instagram or their Facebook pages at Integrated Media SC, Integrated Media Columbia, rather, and they can uh, give you some really cool inspiration photos of some things that they've done inside homes, outside homes, patios, outdoor stuff. Really, really cool stuff from our friends Michael and Nathan. IntegratedMediaInc.com, 803-948-8327. What's the trickle down of Georgia no longer being on South Carolina's schedule? We'll talk about that next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Another game that was notably omitted. South Carolina and Georgia. A game that probably means a little bit more to South Carolina than Georgia. But if you think about some of the crazy results in the last 12 years. 
There have been several examples in which great South Carolina teams lost to Georgia teams and great Georgia teams lost to average South Carolina teams. There's been a bunch of examples of that. It's been kind of a wild rivalry. So to see that game come to an end is also disappointing. 30 years they've been playing. Last time they didn't was in 1991. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you. That was the voice of Greg McElroy on the Always College Football Podcast last night talking about the SEC schedule release and uh, can, uh, mentioning the conversation we were having before the break there about Georgia not being on South Carolina's schedule in 2024 uh, when the league uh, goes to its new model of eight games with Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference and and Chris I I teased this for the break there Georgia is such an important state from a recruiting standpoint for all schools uh and South Carolina especially and we've seen them you know going to Savannah and 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 Atlanta and places like that in recent years uh, getting talent out of there what impact does not playing Georgia have on that recruiting in the state now I I don't really know that it's going to make a big difference. When I think of South Carolina versus Georgia, I think if you play in that game and you play it really well, and if it's been one of those years where you're able to score a victory over Georgia, it's something that you can recruit on, right? So not insignificant. You think about uh, some of the recruiting weekends that you can host in Columbia when Georgia comes to town. It's always a big game. Right. Whether it's a day game, like... You think about last season's game, <clears throat> and this is kind of a common misconception. You think about, oh, if you have a day game and you get blown out, all the recruits there are going to hate you all of a sudden. It, that's not the case, though. Right. Um, Shane Beamer's talked about this. Some of the recruits that were at that game have since committed to South Carolina, right? And they, yeah, you'd rather win the game, right? Sure. <laughs> it's going to keep your atmosphere better the whole game. It's going to give you even more recruiting you know, ammunition, but the important part is is having that game, having the atmosphere, and um, there's been so many guys that have watched that game over the years. That, it, it can maybe be helpful. I mean, but look, Tyler, go, you go into Georgia, and there's so much talent there. Every school in the country recruits the state of Georgia. Even Georgia can't take every good player from the state of Georgia. There's too many of them, and they're going to be able to recruit nationally too. If you can go in and say, hey, we beat Georgia, that's helpful. But they're still going to get a lot of the, sure. a lot of the best talent out of the state. I think for South Carolina, if you think about it from a recruiting perspective, the most important thing to be able to effectively recruit is to be able to do what you do on the trail, have a good plan, and have success on the field. So, whereas you're going to be replacing Georgia now with another permanent opponent, or if they go to the model that's been talked about, three permanent opponents, right? and then a rotating cast, well, you need to have success against those schools because then you're going to be able to go into the state of South Carolina, the state of Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, and you're going to be able to sell your program in general. So overall, I don't think when you're looking at in the state of Georgia that it's going to have a huge impact. It's going to lessen your opportunities to score a victory right sure. against Georgia that, that you may be able to use as a selling point. You mentioned that tough loss to Georgia last uh, year still being a good recruiting weekend. I'd, I'd always heard that, you know, when you have a really big win or recruits are visiting, you can say, see, look what you can come be a part of. If you have a really bad loss when they're there, you say, look, we need you. 
join our roster and you can help us get to that next level. So we can like that would, I guess, be an example of the latter. Like, hey, you come here, this won't happen again. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, um, we, we've taught to a lot of recruits over the years, Tyler, that, you know, again, like recruits think differently than fans. Sure. Like they don't watch a game and, and they're not that like emotionally invested. In, I, unless it's those Texas recruits when they lost to Kansas that time and they were laughing. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> but even then, not at a, yeah. like, they're not like mad. Like, right, they're literally right. laughing about it. So they look at it differently. It's going to be more of, I, I can think of a few games, honestly, over the course of, you know, since I've been doing this for what, 13 years or whatever, where South Carolina's had a game and it was still a really good atmosphere, they lost the game, or even when they've gotten blown out in the game and they've got big-time recruits on campus, and some of them he mentioned, yeah, I know that they lost, but they need guys, or sure. I know that they lost, but they see it as more of an outlier. Or they can still see kind of the overall vision of the program. So I think, think those things are more important. I think it's bigger for you to go out and just have success in general with who you're playing against. Um, you know, Clemson, Gamecock fans talk a lot about the ACC versus SEC and t- talk about Clemson and well, how have they recruited so well. They, they haven't played against, you know, as good of competition or, or whatever it may be. Again, that, that's an illustration of you, you play who you play, you have success, and then you go out and you put together your, your unique recruiting plan. Enough. So I think that'll be important for South Carolina. Here's the question I have, Tyler. Okay. So given that we know that, that for South Carolina, kind of that secondary rivalry will be going away, I, it's still going to be a big event when sure. it's played. Sure, Whenever, However often that ends up being. What team can now kind of take that slot for, for Gamecock fans from Georgia. Who is it? And I think there's a few candidates. Uh, if you have some thoughts, Firehouse Subs text line, 803-404-6100. I have a, a candidate. Okay. I have a few candidates. Okay. Um, I kind of think Tennessee. I would say so. Now, Tennessee is also another team, as well as Florida, that you're not going to see in 2024. You won't and, see them in 24. So I'm, I'm thinking long term. Yeah, long right, term. new schedule. Right. Of, and we didn't, this was also not confirmed on that schedule release last night, but um, the one common opponent that South Carolina is expected to have in this eight game model, however long that lasts, is Kentucky, which you're going to go on the road against them in 2024. Um, so again, you most likely retain them as one of those opponents when we ever we get to the nine game schedule. And I agree with you, Tennessee and, and Bill was making this point earlier on the early game, like, just, that's kind of been this budding rivalry over these past couple of years, where I've seen what happened last year down, uh, you know, here at Willie B, and obviously going to uh, Neyland Stadium this fall is going to be really, really big deal, but just kind of similar to Georgia, the, the nature of those games and the atmosphere and the emotion that goes into them, not to mention the proximity, they're one state over as well, you know, kind of gives you that rivalry feel against Tennessee too. Yeah, you look at the past. I know Jay's talked about this on the halftime show, and the SEC has talked about building the new, like, here's what we're actually, not the one-year, like, Band-Aid, but here's how we're building out the future schedule and the model that we're going to use for years to come is looking back historically at what teams have done the past 10 seasons. And Tennessee and South Carolina had the same winning percentage (laughs) the past 10 seasons. Now, there's some difference, right? right? Tennessee fell off in those 10 years. South Carolina has had a mix of, 
some very not good seasons. Yep. And also their golden years, like in that same mix, has been kind of odd. Sure. So I think the fact that, let, let's say Tennessee is one of your permanents, now you're playing them every year. Well, that's a natural, you know, if yes. you're playing a team every year, that kind of naturally has the ability to spring into a rivalry. You're yeah. also going to be playing less teams on a permanent basis. Yeah, and that's the thing too is is and we haven't experienced yet, so we're not exactly going to know how it feels like, but yeah, if the only teams you're facing every single year are Kentucky, are Tennessee, are I don't know, Vanderbilt being the third team, those games are going to take on a whole new meaning because again, you know you're going to see them every single season. Yeah, every every season like and and so the new schedule model they're talking about doing three permanents. Yeah. So that kind of narrows your pool. Like, it's hard to have a rival. Of, like, we'll see in four years. Sure. You know, <laughs> like when A&M and Texas get back together next year, which I'm glad we're going to get to do, they'll just pick up where they left off, right? Yes. And, and I think the SEC will find a way to keep that going in the future, at least you would hope. But Tennessee's natural for me because both teams are kind of, like Tennessee has more history, right? Sure. They have a national title. But they're both trying to be kind of on the up and up, they're trying to make their programs rise again. Um, they have a similar winning percentage the past 10 seasons, and, and you probably, it, it looks like, from some of the modeling we've seen, they're going to play very often. I think Kentucky, yeah, it has become, there's kind of some hatred between those two sides. Sure. But I think South Carolina would rather see Kentucky as like a nuisance that you want to leave in the rearview mirror. Like That's, that's kind of what you want to see. I still think Tennessee is a much more natural rival than Kentucky. Absolutely. Uh, we will finish up our conversation about South Carolina's schedule. Coming up next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. If you're a parent like me, you know that you would do absolutely anything for your children, for your family. And that is why it is so important to protect your family with life insurance from State Farm. State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup can help you make it easy and affordable to help protect your family no matter what the future holds. Because for the people you do anything for, life insurance could mean everything. Amy's a South Carolina native and a local agent. She and her team can help give you a personalized quote to meet your needs and help you save. So if you want more information on life insurance to protect your family from State Farm, amymasoncup.com that's amy m-a-s-i-n-c-u-p-p dot com or give her a call 803-772-5554 if you want to go up to her office in person go talk to somebody talk to amy 612 St. Andrews Road Sweet Ford in Columbia that's just off I-26 St. Andrews in Ashland Park Plaza again it's Amy Mason Cup State Farm Life Insurance but if you have other insurance questions home auto her team can help you with that Again, that's 803-772-5554, amymasoncup.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We'll wrap up this edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Coming up next, 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 107.5 The Game. Obviously we've been talking about 
South Carolina's schedule for 2024 all morning long and still plenty more to get to that we can obviously dive into on tomorrow's edition of the program. Uh, unfortunately, ending today's show with a little bit of sad news. You may have already seen this out on uh, Twitter, and this was confirmed by a friend, David Kloniger, a few minutes ago. But uh, former defensive line coach Brad Lawing uh, has uh, passed away, um, looks like, uh, earlier this morning. And again, uh, the news just uh, started to circulate about 20 or uh, 30 minutes ago. Yeah, this is getting a lot of texts about this from um, people who used to be on staff with Coach Lawing, people who played for Coach Lawing, and uh, in South Carolina fans even that I know as well are all weighing in on this. Really, really sad day. Um, Brad Lawing is just a legendary figure in in. Gamecocks country. He is probably one of the more beloved coaches uh, just for for what he did at South Carolina. Two different stints. Uh, His first one, 1989 through 1998, and coached three future NFL players, Corey Miller, Gerald Dixon, Henry Taylor, and also signed an unheralded guy that you may have heard of named John Abraham. He yep. went on to be a five-time pro bowler in the NFL. Uh, Lawing then coached at Michigan State with Nick Saban, coached Mac Brown at North Carolina, and in one of the best moves that Steve Spurrier ever made, I think, at South Carolina, brought him back to Columbia for several more seasons. So Lawing got back to Columbia in 2006 and was here once again through 2012. He then went on to coach at Florida, Florida State. He had a short stint at Georgia State as well. Just one of the best defensive line coaches, developers, and recruiters, frankly, uh, probably that we've seen in, in a while. And the the number of great players that he coached was incredible. Look at what he did at South Carolina just flipping that defensive line room. I, I will never forget, Tyler, right after he got to South Carolina, he talked about changing the DNA of the defensive line room. Um, and boy, mission accomplished because he got here, like I said, in 2006. You look at some of the guys they started signing starting in the 2007 class. You had Cliff Matthews. Travian Robertson, who is, is a big-time recruiting win, now the Gamecocks defensive line coach. Yep, which I believe you guys had an article not long ago about Robertson talking about what the effect Brad Long had on his yeah. career once he uh, you know got back here. Has made, has made a huge impact. Just saw Travian Robertson out at camp earlier, I think, before this started circulating, actually, so I'm sure that's going to be very, very tough news for him and for a lot of people. Um, Jadavion Clowney a guy that Brad Lawing was instrumental in bringing in into Columbia and coaching him for his first two seasons. Melvin Ingram, the development there. Devin Taylor. The list goes on and on of guys that he coached and, and recruited at, at multiple stops. So extre- always somebody, Tyler, that any time there was a defensive line coach opening at South Carolina over the years, people wanted to, to bring Brad Lawing back. So it just shows how highly the fan base uh, thought of him. And so uh, very sad news. So our, our thoughts and, and prayers certainly are with his family and all those that are, 
that are going to be mourning this loss. This is a significant one, no doubt, in Gamecocks country. Absolutely. Again, the news coming out just a short while ago, uh, Brad Long, former defensive line coach for South Carolina, passing away at the age of 65. And as uh, Chris said, certainly thoughts and prayers going out to the family and friends and everybody that he touched and affected in his time uh, uh, here at South Carolina and elsewhere in his football uh, career. And uh, that will do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour Halftime Show with Jay and Terry coming up next here on 107.5 The Game. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.